Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. I'm Sarah Higdon. I am your host. This is Transform to Freedom. Thank you for being here. Yes, John Stevenson. I am I'm I'm now kind of famous. If you didn't know, and so fashionably late is what famous people do. <laughs> um, and also at least Donald Trump spelled my first name correctly. Just saying. <laughs> just uh, just saying. There's no H. Um, so if you don't know, <laughs> this has been a kind of a crazy few hours. Not going to lie. It's been a crazy few days. It's been a crazy week. I have so much to talk about. I probably have 15 tabs open on my, on my computer right now. Because there's so much to talk about. It's not a lot of different stories, but there's a lot of intricacies in all the stories but the first one happened just a few hours ago <laughs> and honestly i'm still processing because ladies and gentlemen arguably the most famous man in the world knows who i am <laughs> and gave me a shout out on True Social, yes, Donald Trump um, thanked me for an article I wrote about um, the poll numbers this weekend. And obviously, I write six to seven articles a day um, working for the Post Millennial Saturday and Sundays. Um, and one of those articles was actually the last article I wrote yesterday was about an NBC poll, which actually shows. Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden, was it 46 to 44, I believe is what the numbers were. And it also shows that he is winning among the youth vote, which in I can't, like I'm saying, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head and I don't have the, the actual article pulled up right now. But it shows like the the polls, the exit polls in 2020 show that Biden won like 50. I mean, he won like 70 to 34 or something like that in, in the exit polls in 2020 among those that are like 18 to, to 30. I, I forget exactly. Like I said, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. But right now. As it stands, Donald Trump is actually beating Joe Biden. And the 18 to 24, like the young, like the youth vote, historically goes very strongly to the Democrats. I mean, there's the old thing, like if you're if you're a if you're a Republican when you're a teen, you have no heart, but if you're a Democrat when you're in your thirties, you have no brain. Like those are that's like that's the old saying because people generally grow up and they learn about this stuff and obviously y'all know like i'm not the biggest trump fan i, I mean i i think that the, trump has did, did a lot of great things one of the big things that i have said about him is his foreign policy and y'all know foreign policy is like one of my biggest issues when it comes to who i vote for but i guess i'm maga now i mean when the 
when when Donald Trump gives you a huge shout out, <laughs> and like I said, he spelled my name correctly, unlike some of you in the chat. Um, <laughs> um, it, it's a big deal, and it was. I mean, I it, I don't know what to say. It's, it's actually pretty cool. I, I think it's really cool. And then even just Jack Posobiec is the per Jack Posobiec's the reason why I found out. Like I saw this tweet, and and I was like. Oh, and actually, my 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 response was holy, fuck. because that's all I, I I don't know what else to say. It's pretty cool. Like it's really cool. It's really cool. Um, which is interesting because you see these poll numbers coming out, and I don't want to get too conspiratorial here. And I think Tim Pool said this yesterday, but like, if you're, if you, if you're, you kind of want Joe Biden to run at this point, right? Because Joe Biden is turning everybody away. For example, let's talk about, what is it? Michael Rappaport. And I don't know if you know how... Like Michael Rappaport's views about things, but he is like the furthest like anti-Trumper you could I, I could honestly think of. Like he talks so much trash about Donald Trump on Twitter. But listen to this. Yeah, yeah, you, you gotta hear this to believe it. I would never have believed it if I didn't hear this and knowing who this person is. New York City climb in public in front of crowds of people rip down u.n flags rip down israeli flags rip down american flags on veterans day when the economy is the way the economy is when i'm paying fucking mortgage rates up the walk up i mean i'm getting forget a forget a colonoscopy you don't need to get a colonoscopy go uh go buy a house the interest rates Go buy a car. And I know smoking Joe has done some things for the I know. But I'm telling you right now, go go buy yourself a go go check go check what it's like to buy a car. Buy a house. The money. The fucking chaos in this country. The chaos around the world. If it comes down to pig dick Donald Trump and smoking Joe Biden, I'm sorry. I am sorry. Voting for pig dick Donald Trump is on the table. I'm sorry. I'm fucking so I'll still call him slob dick Donald Trump, pig dick Donald Trump, and all that. But we need to get this whole fucking situation under control. All right. Actually, I may have gotten in trouble for that, but um, for that music behind it. Yeah, actually, Robbie, it's interesting because, yes, here's Cardi B. Cardi B's going with <laughs> The world doesn't because usually I'll be having like 30,000 people by now, but I have 24,000. I need y'all to spread this fucking video. I need y'all to spread this video. And if something happens to me, it's because I'm speaking truth. So God forbid something happens to me or my family or some shit is because the niggas is after me because I'm speaking the truth. And here's the truth, right? 
In New York, there is a 120 million budget cut. There's a 120 million budget cut in New York that is going to affect schools, public libraries, and um, the police department. Y'all know I don't give a fuck about the cops, but like it is what it is. There's going to be an $120 million budget cut with schools. We're going to be drowning in fucking rats. So we are going to be having a budget cut on these shits. Mind you, and this is why I said I'm not... That's why I'm telling y'all, I'm not this year. Don't fucking ask me. I don't give a fuck the resume that they send. I don't give a fuck. I'm not endorsing no fucking presidents no more. Because how is that a hundred million dollar budget cut in New York City for for um fucking not endorsing presidents? It is, it is, it's just an interesting time. What we're seeing, what we're watching. We're watching even, like we talked about last week, we talked about Eric Adams um, being investigated now after he came out against, you know, illegal immigration, said New York can't handle anymore. A lot of this stuff is is crazy, but a lot, a lot, a lot of crazy stuff going on. But um, right off the bat, too, I do want to just let y'all know, because y'all know I am... I work for Free the People. This is my channel. It has It's not connected to Free the People, but I do work for Free the People. Tomorrow night, set your clocks. And if you don't follow Free the People yet, go do it. We have an amazing, I've already seen the episode. It's hilarious. Go watch um, Adults Are Talking with Andrew Heat. And, it's, and if you haven't seen the first episode, go do it. But also subscribe across platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, everything. Like, go follow for the people across all platforms because we're doing really good work and we have a lot of awesome content coming out. But we do have a um, this is I love that this real kind of shows you a little bit about what tomorrow's episode is. So it's adults are talking with Andrew Heaton. Hello, Mr. Heaton. Fargo Bardo. Oh, an explosion or something. Better turn that on. You need to prove to us that you did not kill and eat people, played the trumpet beautifully. Hey, I'm Andrew Heaton, and if you had a TV show, I'd watch it. So you should watch my show, Adults Are Talking with Andrew Heaton, on Free People. So yes, tomorrow. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m. on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So make sure you check it out. It's going to be a great, 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 great episode. Um, but there's that. Yeah, so Jen says, it's amazing how he warned them that, that all this back in 2020, that there was an iceberg right ahead and they didn't believe us. And now they're waking up, which is a good thing. It is a good thing. I think, you know, sometimes people need to see that things are right, which kind of actually leads me into the first story that I really want to talk about, um, because we see things here as being very bad. However, if you didn't know, um, Argentina is dealing with hyperinflation. Uh, their economy is, is crazy. And actually, my friend Maggie is in Argentina right now. But big news, Javier Malay, yeah, see, my camera likes it too. I hate, I don't know what's going on with that. 
Um, Javier Malay is going to be the next president of Argentina. Now, if you don't know anything about Malay, I will tell you, it's interesting watching everybody on Twitter and across social media talk about Malay. Yeah, now Ron, yeah, Robbie, <laughs> this is exactly right. Now Ron Swanson is the president of Argentina. That's absolutely, that's kind of what it is. What's, so it's really interesting watching a lot of these social conservatives and, and everybody talk about like, um, talking about Malay, like he's the, because it's interesting because the, the, the news media has called him this far right, um, radical who just won Argentina. He's not far right. He's a anarcho-capitalist which is pretty much almost in line with my beliefs. Like if you know anarchy, I'm a minarchist. We're very similar, but he's very much an anti-statist uh, type guy. And he just won the presidency of Argentina. So it's absolutely, it, it's so exciting to see liberty values win on a national state. I think social conservatives are going to be really if they actually start paying attention to Argentina, like what happens there, like Malay has literally said, if, you know, you're not hurting anybody, then why, then why do I care? Like he doesn't want to push all these different values on, he doesn't want to push social values. Like he just, he's a live and let live type person. And so it is really interesting to see him being celebrated so much by, by so many of the people that want to push different, like their religious beliefs and everything like that onto the U S. Um, let me see. I don't know if we have a video from him. Um, I can pull up a video from him, I think. Let me see. Actually, there's an interesting video from, it's actually from For the People. One second. So, because um, where he talks about here. Here. Okay. This is actually an interview that uh, Matt Kibbe did, um, not with him, but with somebody else who knows this very well. And they talked about like what a lot of this stuff means. Actually, let me see. Is this the clip I want? I'll play it anyways. Ultra-right, uber-conservative. Um, where is he on on social issues that that and I, I don't even know how these issues play in Argentina, but but do you consider him a far right candidate? <laughs> no, I think you know, firstly, you know, some of these disfigurations and 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 and, and ideas that in and ideas that are completely wrong about him have to do with when when he's when he's portrayed as a far right individual in many ways, it has to do with Argentina. It's so much to the left, you know, like the sidegeist still is so much to the left that if you say, if you say, for instance, we shouldn't uh, issue currency because we have destroyed six six currencies, you know, you're, you're automatically far right. 
or if you want the constitution to really be the law of the land, you are far right. Because for instance, one of the big problems that we have in Argentina is that there are groups, very small groups, who cut streets, but like main, you know, main avenues and in, 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 in cities all the time and make a life for people who go to work, who go to school, unbearable. And you know that, by the way, our constitution is extremely clear about that. And Javier, for instance, says that he's not, if he's president, and he's going to do everything that is in his power not to allow that. And for many people, for media, that is immediately uh, labeling as far right. Within social issues, and again, I am not an expert in, in, in Javier Millet's thought, but what I understand for everything he has said, for everything he has published, and for everything he has done so far, is that, and that's basically my position too, He's a libertarian, he's a classical liberal, and he believes that basically you can do whatever you want as long as you are not harming a third, you know, someone else with, you know, without their consent. That's basically it. And I think in social, in, in social areas, he has not been very active or saying too much because basically his, his position is that you can do whatever you want as long as you're not uh, hurting uh, anyone else, which, by the way, that, that's my position. Maybe I'm projecting, you know, that happens with politicians. You, you never know. But I, I really think and for everything I, I, have, uh, I have heard him saying, that's, that's basically his position. And I think... Yeah, that's basically, that's a libertarian position. Like a lot of I've seen I have seen some people come out and say because he's like anti-drug war, he's very pro like legalization of drugs and kind of open borders and um he is anti-abortion. Like a lot of his views are very much in line with mine. Um where conservatives generally wouldn't like that. Yeah. So I saw um Jen, you said isn't he supposed to be Argentina's like an Argentinian Trump? He, so He's animated. He's very much a, he's very bolsterous. Um, he's, which I think, but the media has really claimed him to be Trump because they wanted to demonize anybody who takes away their communist socialist um, ideals. Like that, anything that is a threat to those ideals, they want to tie with somebody like Donald Trump, who they, who they have deemed like the enemy of the state and all that stuff. Um, and so that's really why I think that he's gotten so much, you know, pushback on a lot of this stuff, but he's like, he is very libertarian. And actually one of the things he has said is he will, um, he will um, end up, well, hi babies. Um, I think that one of the first things he said he's going to do is actually go onto the U S dollar, which even like, it's like the exchange, like you can't just like you buy stuff and like do the exchange rate and stuff like that. in in Argentina, it's, um, it's, it's kind of interesting that way. But like I said, this was the scene actually last night. So, um, like I said, my friend Maggie Anders, um, go follow her, but she was there. She's there in Argentina right now with, uh, her boyfriend and this was the scene last night
And so for anybody that's just listening to the audio version, it's it's actually just showing a ton of people in the square waiting for Malay. A ton of people out there, which is really pretty cool. So, just really good news, a lot to celebrate there. Um, when you then go to see what we're doing here, um, it, it, it's crazy. And this is one, this is a video clip that everybody has kind of been sharing, and it's so funny. I just got to show it um, of him literally tearing the leftist down al zurdo de mierda no le podés dar ni un milímetro puede definir zurdo de mierda que no todos lo los que digamos los colectivistas los que ponen digamos o sea esa idea a ver ¿Por qué es? le pones de mierda digamos porque son una mierda o sea pero si, quedas, no pero, pero ese, es que ese si pensás pero, no, pero, pero si pensás distinto te van, a, te van a aniquilar ese es el punto es decir vos al zurdo no le podés dar un milímetro porque le das un milímetro y lo tomas para destrozarte es decir, usa, digo, o sea, vos no podés negociar con el zurdo. No se negocia. No se negocia con esa mierda, no se negocia porque te van a llevar puesto. Si tienen un golpeador que caga trompadas a la mujer, digamos, si es de ellos, ¿entendés? Se pone el, el pañuelito verde y grita todo el tiempo contra el neoliberalismo, lo ocultan. ¿Me entendés? O sea, si de repente hay alguien que acosó a otra, a una, un periodista que acosó a otra periodista, lo ocultan. Es decir, a todos los de ellos lo ocultan. Todas esas aberraciones la ocultan. Ahora, si vos estás del otro lado, a vos te van a estropear, te van a matar, te van a dar con lo que sea. No les importa arruinarte la vida. ¿Por qué? Porque no pensás como ellos. Y ¿sabes qué es lo bueno de todo esto? Hay algo... I, I think it's just hilarious where he's like, why, but why do you, she's like, but why, so for, again, the audio version is like, she was like, but why do you call them shit? <laughs> he's like, because they are shit. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's such a um, it, it's such a good th thing. Like this is honestly, think about if like we had elected Ron Paul in twenty twelve, like twenty what is it oh eight and or or twenty twelve, like this is kind of what it would feel like. And finally, for the first time in history of the world, we have a pure libertarian that's about to take office. And so we can really show he will, he can, he has an opportunity to really show what libertarian values can do. Because usually when people say, well, what, where has libertarian values ever, you know, worked? He's about to show it. I mean, he, it's never happened. It's never been done. Um, and 
Austrian economics um, got to win. And so we'll see, we'll show, and we'll prove that we, our values work. I don't necessarily know how much like pushback and all that stuff is um, in Argentina when it comes to, I, I don't know how their government actually operates. I don't know. I don't know if it's like hours where you have to pass like bills through the Congress. I don't know how their, how their government's actually set up. I just think this is a huge, um, huge deal, huge win for, for not just Argentina, but for, for Liberty values. I think that's why you see a lot of people really, it really white pilled a lot of people. It really gave a lot of people a lot of hope. It gave a lot of conservatives a lot of hope because they see that the left does not have this stranglehold on ideas. If somebody as far to the liberty movement as as Malay can get elected, then you know there we all have a chance. I think, and it, and it really does white pill a lot of people. But next story, like I said, I have a ton of stuff to talk about. We're probably going to go over tonight. Um, the next story we're going into right now is Twitter. Elon Musk. Um, Elon Musk is vowing to launch a thermonuclear lawsuit against me the Media Matters organization over fraudulent attacks. So if you don't know what happened, Media Matters wrote a hit piece um, calling Musk uh, anti-Semitic anti and basically... a all these advert and basically deceived advertisers and advertisers started pulling like simultaneously, which it was really, really interesting that they all started pulling their ads simultaneously from the platform because Musk is apparently um, anti-Semitic, which I don't believe at all. Uh, and then they, they also, in their hit piece, they kind of wrote that they, you know, he was putting these anti-Semitic, um, you know, like the, all these, these organizations ads next to anti-Semitic comments and all this stuff. And it was so bad, but that's not even the worst part of it. This, this, this like, um, defamation is not even the worst part of it all. If you know Media Matters, Media Matters is also a Soros-funded organization. So it's got a lot of money behind it to run hit pieces. They're also the organization that labeled Moms for Liberty, a, you know, a hate group named... And all that's generally what they do. They are literally a left-wing hit piece organization. That's all they do is write hit pieces. But... To make matters worse, the White House targeted Elon Musk and accused him of anti-Semitism. It, it, like, let me see. I think that there's a video in here. Um, which is, all this is so crazy. Um... Because the ADL, I think, has attacked Musk. So the ADL unjustly attacks the majority of the West, despite the majority of the West supporting the Jewish people and Israel. This is because they cannot, by their own tenets, criticize the minority groups that are the primary and their tenants. All this is kind of crazy how it's all kind of interwoven with everything. I just, I don't... 
I, I don't I don't get it. Um, but it's like everything is going crazy. So where is it? Um there like there's a lot of different stuff and you're gonna get crazy speech like this on free speech platforms. But the way to we always talk about it, the way to the, the way to silence free speech is to give it a platform because like hate actually it's like mold that grows in darkness. Like if you silence people for spreading hate, there's no like you never condemn it and it just grows and festers in that in that silence. So what is really interesting about all of this though? We're gonna now go to well, let's let's do this one real quick. So then going into media matters for a second. How this isn't like Jack Posobiec said, this isn't actually journalism. It's a hoax. It's a hit piece that is factually inaccurate. And so um this person, Ben, said, or Joe, said Media Matters created three accounts. So this is this is what's really interesting about this too. Media Matters actually went and created fake accounts to spread hate on Twitter to see if they could to then so that they could get advertisements on their hateful tweets. So they were basically trying to entrap the platform to do this. And so this, this person says media matters created three accounts and followed 30 counts similar to the ones in the article. They then consistently refreshed the timeline of posts 13 times the number of ads served to this opposed to the median 50 impression serves again as the content in the article out of 5.5 billion served the whole day points to the fact of how efficiently our model avoids content for advertisers data wins over allegations basically they were like they they did this they to create false impressions on their articles and nobody has been able to recreate what they did so it actually shows that twitter wins twitter's not placing you know ads on hateful conduct really interesting how that works right so um but what's even crazier about all of this, and I don't know if you've seen this trend this last week on TikTok. So a whole bunch of TikTokers are now going and reading Osama bin Laden's, what, 2002 Letters to America. And so where all this kind of ties in is all starts to tie together. TikTok is now people are on TikTok saying that, and I'm not saying this. So YouTube algorithm, I'm not saying this. I don't believe this. But TikTokers are saying that Bin Laden, like they, they start to read this and they start to, you know, justify what he did on 9-11. Which is interesting because they're all waking up to what, some of them are waking up a little bit to what Ron Paul said in um, in the deba in a debate in 2011. You know, show like pointing out 
the U.S.'s foreign policy failures through the way, which radicalized. And, 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 you know, two things can be right at the same time is the U.S.'s foreign policy has radicalized people, which we've talked about on this channel. And bin Laden can be a piece of shit. Um, to where even after 9-11, Ron Paul was calling for to spend, to send in special operators to go in and kill bin Laden's team and not sending in that he, he never wanted, he never ad, advocated for a full 20 year war to go in and just basically try to nation build in, in Afghanistan. It was literally just to go in and knock out those because as we've talked about, I believe we talked about it last week, when you go in and you take out, like you, you start nation building and you disrupt and you cause chaos in the region, all you end up really doing is radicalizing more people against you. You kill somebody's uncle. You, like if you kill somebody's family member, a child's family member, what are they going to do? They're going to grow up and they're probably going to hate you the entire time you grew up. They're always going to remember that you killed their family member. And so what are they going to want to do? They're going to want to fight against you. But here's 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 where all of this this kind of ties together. And this is the reason why I'm talking about TikTok when we're talking about the advertisers pulling out from, from Twitter. It's because they're basically say, you know, advocating exactly for what they're like, they're, they're justifying 9-11 on TikTok. Okay. They're justifying 9-11 on TikTok. But now advertisers are pulling from Twitter because they're showing hateful conduct. Um, again, Savannah Hernandez makes a great point um, when she was on with Jack this week on Human Events Daily. She said, "A lot of these leftists—they always thought, oh, they'll never come for us. They'll never come for us. Mm -hmm. They'll never." There'll never be a situation where we're going to be on the receiving end of it. Just keep going. And that's why they supported BLM. That's why they supported Antifa for all these years. And now suddenly the Bin Laden letter has been shared 10 million times across TikTok. Nobody's pulling ads on TikTok, though. Nobody's running up. Media no. Matters isn't running to TikTok and saying, oh, you got to pull your ads, Chinese Communist Party. No, because they're all kowtowing to Xi Jinping right now in San Francisco while all this is going on. But they're not saying a word about that. But I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's like, is Al Qaeda considered anti-Semitic? You know, like it's, it's ridiculous when you actually have to ask these kind of questions. But Sab, what is it about this ideology? Why would people on TikTok, this many people now, this movement, which includes a lot of Americans, uh, suddenly be, be supportive of a Bin Laden letter? What's the what's the connection there? I think that they've always been supportive of it, Jack. Last year for the 21st anniversary of 9-11, I went to college universities and I was asking students, hey, do we care about the 21st anniversary of 9-11? Then... What, what do you think about today? And uh, I was actually going to post this clip yesterday and I forgot to do it. But I did have one student say, we hate America. We hate the military. Uh, this is the sentiment we always have. And we deserve to be attacked. So we've seen this sentiment really taught to the next generation, right? We talk about subversion. We talk about the destabilization of countries or how to subvert an entire country without firing a single shot.
And that's by targeting the next generation. We have an entire generation that has been raised to hate the United States of America, to, uh, you know, usher in socialism, Marxism, just basically everything that is the opposite to the foundations of our country, the, the very opposite of the foundations of our rights and freedoms. And so when you have generations who for decades have been fed this anti-white propaganda as well, to where they now hate their own history, they hate their own countrymen, uh, this is the result of it. Yeah. I mean, it is really interesting. This is the product of this generation to absolutely hate this country and for what we stand for and all this stuff. And John, God bless you for bringing this up. Like BlackRock has an agenda and they're implementing it. I don't know if that's how you spell implementing though. I don't know if that's how you spell implementing. I might be wrong, but I am a writer who Donald Trump shouted out. So maybe. <laughs> um, but what I want to point out here. Um, well, so actually the Guardian removed the. Uh, the, the Guardian removed the letter, which you can still go see because it's still archived but you can find it still. Um, but Sab's ab absolutely right. Um, because where is this? So yeah, Sab's completely right on why we're seeing this. Now, there's something that I want to tie into this though as well. And I don't know. I don't, Maybe this has a little bit of something to do with it being kind of coordinated when all these advertisers started pulling simultaneously from the platform. Remember how we talked about last week that they cleaned up San Francisco for the arrival of Xi Jinping, the was it the communist leader in China, and how they basically rolled out the red carpet. They even had a American soldier holding the 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 Chinese communist flag um yeah but let's talk about this for a second the full list of businesses that spent forty thousand dollars to dine with Xi Jinping so this is really interesting when you look at the list of advertisers that pulled out from Twitter knowing that TikTok is owned by the Chinese Communist Party. And now these business leaders from these organizations that pulled out their advertisement and still have advertising on those that are talking about, you know, those are that are justifying 9-11. Those, like they're still advertising on TikTok on those on those posts, but they're not advertising on Twitter. Well, let's see what let's let's just see. Let's just let's just scroll this down. Let's see who it is. Who paid forty thousand dollars to dine with Xi Jinping? Oh, let's see. Oh, Tim Cook, Apple CEO. Apple's one of the first ones that's listed on the. Uh, on the uh, as as part of the people that stop buying advertisements on 
on uh, on Twitter. Apple's one of the first. Like they are right there. Still advertising on TikTok. Still using child labor in the Congo. Remember, remember the uh, the video that we talked about last last time. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, I think, where we at Free the People did a spoof of the Apple um, talking about their child labor practices and their their cobalt mining in the Congo. You can go look at it there, right? Let's see who else. Obviously, you got some the commerce commerce secretary. You have the ambassador to China. CEO of Blackstone Group. Actually, I don't know who the Blackstone Group is. Maybe we'll go check this out. Who is the Blackstone Group? Nope. Who are they? Yes, Apple, you're right. Uh, Magnificent Devil, Apple loves their child labor. And it it saves on climate change. Um, it, it, it helps their climate footprint make their footprint small because their feet, and also because their actual footprints are so small because they're children. Um, is it similar to BlackRock? Are they another... Um, Let's see. Oh, never. Sorry, y'all. Um, it's yeah. It looks like it's another um, investment firm, kind of like BlackRock. They are eight hundred eighty billion dollars um, in twenty twenty one. So yeah, they're a. Yeah, so they own companies. Interesting. Interesting that they would be, you know, um, yeah, they're 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 and they're sitting down with Xi Jinping, but um, I thought when I read this, let's see, other people, the CEO of Boeing. Y'all, the CEO of Boeing, one of the highest people that has to make, you know, from the military, like they ha- they make a lot of money from, they are part of the military industrial complex that profits from war. Why would they be sitting with Xi Jinping? Yeah, you know, interesting, interesting enough, I guess, um, the Dean of Columbia University, or former Dean of Columbia University, I was gonna say it would be really awkward to have the Dean of a, of a, of a leftist university sitting with Xi Jinping and, you know, co-mingling, right? Not pushing any, like, communist values to their students at all, I wouldn't think, right? Yeah. Um... Interesting. Y'all, the CEO of Amway, Betsy DeVos, what happened? If y'all don't know, like Betsy DeVos's husband, Rick DeVos, 
started Amway, you know, the pyramid scheme that is Amway, but now their CEO is right there trying to get their ESG scores up um, by having dinner with Xi Jinping. And they're still, I mean, obviously all the, these companies are, haven't pulled out from advertising. I don't know how much a lot of these do. Here's the one that I, that, here's the one that I knew was there. Robert Goldstein, the chief operating officer for BlackRock. That is the one name on this list that makes it all make sense, right? It makes it all make sense. Amway funds and is kind of like, they are, if you hold up these, like they're the pusher of the, the ESG scores. If you're, if you're holding up your value, they give, they can make or break a company. They invest so much money in these places. They can make a break, break make or break a company. So basically what, it, what probably happened, and this is just an insinuation. This is just a, an assumption of what probably happened here is BlackRock, among other organizations, Xi Jinping said, hey, you know, we need TikTok to continue to thrive in the U.S., but we need to start hammering down on some of these competitors that are exposing what we're actually doing out here, right? So exposing all this stuff. So they go in, they say, hey, if you don't pull your advertising, hey, you're like, they go, hey, look, Media Matters wrote it. Like they, they go to Media Matters, have them actually write this hit piece. And then they go to their, to their companies and say, hey, if you don't pull your advertisements away from Twitter, we will stop investing in you because your ESG score will drop. So we're going to stop. We're going to pull funding from your organization. And so what happens? They all start to pull. They literally pull like on the exact same day and time from it because they're afraid of their funding getting pulled and Yet there's that's the biggest reason why they're still advertising on TikTok and they decided to pull their funding from Twitter, a actual free speech platform, which is you're allowed to put a lot of this, um, this stuff on there, right? You're allowed to actually speak openly and freely on Twitter, but you're not allowed to do that on most other platforms. Um, so that that's the one name that I was actually looking for and it's right there. I mean, not necessarily his name. I was looking for their CEO's name. But chief operating officer, just as good. Actually, in Gildean Sciences, Gildead Sciences, if I'm not mistaken, that is a medical organization. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know that for a fact but i believe that is a medical organization that interesting after everything that went down with covid and all that stuff that a medical organization is now um yeah it's by yes bio it's a biopharmaceutical company in california their ceo was dining with xi jinping um, really interesting, like on the top level. Now I will throw one thing 
in there is apparently, and here it is actually, Elon Musk was at this event, but did not stay for dinner. He didn't, he didn't stay for dinner. He didn't pay the $40,000 to have the dinner. Um, he didn't stay. So he was there and obviously he didn't schmooze enough to keep Twitter open or he didn't placate to what they wanted him to do on Twitter and start suppressing speech. Um, and so they start at, you know, who knows what actually happened. He could have just walked, he could have just walked out as they were saying, Hey, you better do this or else. And he's like, or else what? And walked out, which would be a pretty based move, honestly. Um, it's just really, really interesting. I have no doubt that this is this meeting happening now. There's there's no doubt in my mind that something happened there that made them pull out their money from Twitter. And it has nothing to do with Elon Musk being anti-Semitic. That's just the way that they needed to do it. Um, because I mean, there's even left leaning Jewish people on Twitter being like, you've never been anti-Semitic. Like, all the Jewish people I know are like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, Ashley Sinclair actually told a pretty funny joke um, that I don't know if I can tell it on YouTube, um, but it had to do with uh, space lasers and stuff. So, and it was about Elon Musk. It was basically, okay. It was basically like, how, how can you be anti-Semitic when you're the one that put the space lasers up in the, up in the, uh, put them up in the sky for us. And if you don't know, there's this whole conspiracy theory that Jewish people, it's a, it's a, it is kind of a anti-Semitic Jewish joke, but it's like that. Um, like it's it's a conspiracy theory that Jewish people have, like they put space, like they have the Jewish space lasers that can kill people and take people out and all that stuff. It was funny, but after this happens, so now all these organizations are taking their money out of Twitter, y'all. Another white pill happens. And so what we see is people like Tim Cast, Benny Johnson, and the Babylon Bee vowing to spend thousands, hundreds. I mean, I think the Babylon Bee was 250000 that they vowed to spend in advertisements on Twitter. And I did. I didn't get a lot of attention, but I said, you know what, y'all? I want to keep Twitter a free speech platform. I'm going to spend $100. That's all I can afford. So, um, But I'm going to spend $100 on advertisements on Twitter because I believe that Twitter should remain a free speech platform. And I will put my money, I will, I will throw the money out there because it's worth it to keep it that way. You know, and hopefully it helps to grow this platform, grow this channel. I have some things that I would like to see done on Twitter because we do stream this, this show streams on Twitter. And obviously I still call it Twitter, not X because, well, they still haven't given me subscriptions yet. 
Maybe after I spend $100 on advertising, they'll give me subscriptions. I don't know. But um, the reason... I, I I would love to see. So one of the things when you're going on a live stream, you can't actually pop the video out and then still scroll Twitter. I don't know about y'all, but like when you're watching this show, I hope you're completely in tune to everything I'm saying, but I doubt it. I like to watch shows and scroll my phone. Um, so that's, so, so that's, that's what I like to do. But I, I mean, this is, this is really a good, good thing. Um, oh, Tim Cass actually did $250,000 too. Also. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Benny's was $50,000. Um, I think Jeremy from the quartering was like something like 25 to 50,000. I, I don't quote me on that number. I just know that there have been a number of organizations that have said, we're going to put our money where our mouth is. We're going to work to keep Twitter a free speech platform. And that's what it is. Okay, so the Jeremy put 30,000. Andrew Tate is in for 1 million. I did not see that. I didn't see that. But here's the thing is I don't I, I just don't I'm not worried so much about like here. If you if you value free speech, you value free speech for all. And free speech is only valuable if you def, if if you if it if it works for speech you don't like. So I might think people are detestable. I might think some of their speech is awful. At the same time, they have a right to say it. As long as they're not advocating violence, they have a right to say stuff. You have a right to free speech. I'm about as free speech absolutist as you can get, right? So, um, it, I, you know, I think this is, this is a very, it, it, this is what should happen. And these types, like I said, this is a complete white pill because this is exactly what should happen. Um, I also upgraded my my status on there to, um, I'm also a premium plus member. So hopefully that helps to boost me in the algorithm and stuff too. But I think it's just, you know, I feel like you spend your money where you where you want. I think that Twitter is one of the most valuable resources it's one of the last, it's, it's, it's a bastion of free speech. If I, I think we talked about it last week, the, uh, the censorship cover up that's going on and we're doing that, this project with free the people, um, there will be more coming out about that. Right. But, um, here later, I can't, I don't really, we don't really have a lot set in stone right now, so I can't even divulge anything right now. But had Elon Musk never bought Twitter, we would never know like how deep our government was infringing on our free speech rights by telling corporations and targeting people, targeting political opponents, like they were literally targeting, like, I think it was um, Thomas Massey's congressional account on Twitter. They were suppressing. Like that is stuff that, we would never know that had Elon Musk never bought the platform. So we need to keep it open. We need to keep it running and we need to keep it free or well, free speech. And I'm willing to invest some money to do that. Um, but I can't do that without your support. So I, I, 
I appreciate y'all supporting me so I can support people like that. Right. So it's a, it's a, it's a cycle, um, as well. Um, like, honestly, I don't know if I'm even allowed to talk about my next story on here. I think so. We'll just, we'll just do it. Let's just do it. We'll see. Um, talk about suppression. Um, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, just released more footage from January 6th. And y'all, I mean, we kind of knew quite a bit of this from like the Tucker release of footage, right? But this is this is interesting because you do see Capitol Police escorting them, escorting these people peacefully through the Capitol building. Um, right? So let's see. You can just kind of see. They're literally telling them, come this way. We'll escort you through. What's really sad about this, and this is another article that um, I don't have pulled up. Um, one of the people that's seen in this video was charged with being in the Capitol that day, charged with a crime that day. Um, and he's one of a few people who actually, sadly, committed suicide after being charged. So this doesn't look like some crazy insurrection, right? Um, what's really interesting about these tapes, too, and um, yeah, like I said, they're just kind of walking through the Capitol. When leftists do it, when leftists storm the Capitol, when they did it a couple weeks ago, so... They stormed the Capitol a couple weeks ago. Why wasn't that considered an insurrection? Like, I, I, and that was violent and crazy, and they did it. And so why is that not considered the same as January 6th? Why? It's because it's the left that did it. You know, and a lot of people on that side think that that's okay. Um, I'm interested to see... You know, some of these tapes are really interesting. I think one of the um, one of the more interesting tapes. You know, um, I'm not going to show this one. Thank you so much, Magnificent Devil. I fully appreciate your contribution to the cause. That means a lot. It really does. I can't do this without you, without any of you. I really appreciate you guys showing up every Monday to do this. I, uh, yeah, I don't think I can actually show this one on on Twitter, so I'm not I'm not going to show it. But what I'm going I will describe what this video shows. This video actually shows Capitol Police shooting into the crowd with no warnings um, as people are kind of conglomerating around the steps, you literally see them and there's footage from inside the crowd as well as outside the crowd. You just see police officers throwing stun grenades 
into the crowd or launching them out of like a grenade launcher into the crowd, hitting people. Um, and there's one person on here said, you know, this was not, we were not this, the violence didn't break out until the pol the, the Capitol police started throwing, um, stun grenades into the crowd and shooting paintballs. And actually the first the first shot in this, where this person who's holding the, the paintball gun, it shows him hitting somebody right in the face. And when they show, he's got a giant busted open, um, well, like I think it's his whole face. Like there's a hole in his face. Um, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Jen. Yeah. There was the, uh, the suicide. Let me see if I can, um, find that one because we um the post millennial wrote about it so you should be able to find it in there but this is i mean just watching them just just kind of casually just throwing stun grenades into the crowd like i can't watch this video and think like you know i that the police that day were not like the bad people and somebody yeah you mentioned um ashley babbitt was was murdered that day and the person who shot her was given an award and then they then if you remember there was one capitol police officer that died that day but then even the autopsy report shows that he did not die from blunt force trauma he actually died from like a heart attack and so they did not rule it a homicide. But yet they will still use that person's death that day as a deadly insurrection. Um, when the only person that actually died that day was Ashley Babbitt. And then they have other pl Capitol pl police officers that died like the weeks following. And they consider those January 6th deaths. Um, yeah, I like you said, yeah, she was straight up murdered. And it wasn't even close to self-defense. Like she wasn't, she wasn't a danger to anybody. You saw, you see the video of them just walking casually. And actually the videos that Tucker releases, the reason why the QAnon shaman guy who was in the, the house chambers, um, there's the reason why I believe his charges were completely dropped because of that video coming out and people seeing like, wait a second. He was literally escorted there. How are you going to charge him when he didn't actually force his way there? He didn't do anything. He was escorted there. They're like, hey, come on. I'll show you around the Capitol. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. I can't, like I said, I can't show that. Um, one of the things I want to talk about in this whole thing, though, and we're talking about January 6th, so this is kind of leading into a even, y'all, I don't even know what to, this, I wrote this article. I wish I had never read even the, um, the court record, like the court filings for this one. Because that court filings actually have some of the text messages exchanged between this pedophile and the FBI, um, undercover FBI agent. And y'all, 
the FBI abandoned at least this case. We don't know how many cases they actually abandoned. But they abandoned a case where they basically had a pedophile dead to rights. Ready to, you could have arrested this guy for his conduct online. And they abandoned the case to focus on January 6th case. They surged people to focus on prosecuting people that were at January 6th. And obviously we, we, we talk about the footage and everything like that. What happened and how they and how they found this guy? So, just the whole story going through it is law enforcement, according to the court documents, um, Brogan Welsh was arrested in Anchorage, Alaska, on October nineteenth after law enforcement found sexually explicit conversations regarding sex with minors um, with another man that they were invest that they had investigated. So they were charging another person with um, sex crimes against minors with, and this person was found having conversations with them on an app. Um, and so they started investigating him. The investigation turns up, and again, this is in Alaska. So this investigation turns up, though, that this person was on the FBI Washington field office's radar prior to January 6th. So in December of 2020, this person had um, sent photographs. Um, Okay, so I'll just read this. So, before the investigation was halted on January 6th, an undercover officer with the Washington field office allegedly began communicating with Welsh, who was using the username GayBoy69Freak on the APP1 app, which apparently, so on December 2nd, 2020, which apparently this is an app where these types of people, like, fester. Talk about, like, we talk about censorship. Like, these people fester. On this app. And so that's where they go to find them. I didn't, I've never heard of it. I don't, yeah. Um, but on December 17th, Welsh posted in a in a group chat and like a in a, a post, he posted two links that contained child pornography with young boys who were being assaulted by adult men. And that was in, in a group chat that the uh, agent was monitoring. The two began discussing setting up a time for Welsh to travel to the agent's home in D.C. to assault his uh, fake son. The conversation went all the way up to December 29th with Welsh graphically describing what he wanted to do to the young boy. Like I said. I wish I would have never read those conversations because it is very graphic. Um, like very graphic and it it's in, it's in the court documents. Um, very hard to read. I didn't read all of them. It was, I, I couldn't, it, it's, I can't believe that somebody could think that 
that was like get off on the that type of conversation think that that was at all okay like when i say wood chipper y'all like these types of people make me question my stance on the death penalty they really do this person this conversation was straight vile However, on January 6th, um, the FBI's field office even said when questioned by the Daily Wire, in the immediate aftermath of January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, the Washington field office resources were surged to support FBI response and investigation. However, they continually di diligently pursued its ongoing investigations. I don't believe them. I don't believe that they actually did because why was this person basically, why was the investigation completely dropped when they had all this evidence on this person, they could have got, they could have nabbed this person at that point. Why didn't they? So then this person goes on to get caught up by the FBI again in Alaska, where they found when they raided his home, they uncovered sex toys that, and this is from. There, this is the description from law enforcement. When they raided his home, they uncovered sex toys that are very small in size and apparently consistent with the body size of an approximate 10-year-old boy. It was also found that a 10-year-old boy was living in that home. I, I can't, I can't with this. So after all of this about January 6th, why is this not being talked about more? This should be plastered everywhere. You want to talk about why we should get rid of a three, three letter agencies? Like this is why they can't even do their goddamn jobs. I don't care about YouTube censorship. They always demonetize my videos anyways. They can't do their jobs. They can't go and literally, like, this is why we can't have somebody like, this is why we can't have Democrats in office. Because they don't care about human trafficking. They don't care about child sexual abuse on the internet. Like, literally... Federal law enforcement was more worried about trying to find people who protested at the Capitol use, like using geotag, which is, again, a Fourth Amendment violation. You know, never mind that. But you like violating people's rights and going after January 6 people that were just there, like literally trying to find anybody who was just there, whether they went to the Capitol or not, showing up and using all these resources and letting people... Like this go on to assault, potentially, seemingly assault more children over the next, over the last, what, two years. Like make that make sense. Like I, 
I just can't with this. Like, the FBI needs to be just done away with. We need to have people who are willing to... Like, this should be their number one priority. I don't give a fuck about January 6th. This should be their number one priority. God. And then, and then, and then they have the audacity to then claim, like, human traffic, like, they, they claim that human trafficking is, like, this right-wing conspiracy theory when, like, Sound of Freedom comes out, right? Remember all that stuff? Like this stuff, it, it it's it, it pisses me off so much. Like again, thank you, Robbie. Yes, thank you for donating to the children. Like, fuck these people. Oh, Dean, you're missing. You're missing everything. You are missing everything. Yeah, where? Great point, Robbie. Great point. Where is Epstein's client list? Anyone? Anyone? We, I mean, we knew, we know who the, the people that are arrested in January 6th are months afterwards, but years later, we don't have the Epstein client list. This is why these people are useless, evil people. You want to talk about evil, evil people. This man is one of the most evil people I've ever seen. Let's play this clip. In this new world, we must accept transparency. And I would say total transparency. Everything is going to be transparent. You have to get used to it. You have to behave accordingly. Ça devient, comment dirais-je, intégré dans votre personnalité, mais si on n'a rien à cacher, il ne faut pas avoir peur. Dans ce nouveau monde, il doit... Straight up Orwellian evil. Telling you... This is what they always say. If you have nothing to hide then you shouldn't be afraid of us spying on you. You shouldn't be afraid that the that the NSA is tapping your phone. If you have nothing to hide, then what are you worried about? Next, what they're going to be advocating for is that there should be a camera in every TV and monitors in your home, which I say this now just thinking about it, but... How many, how many people have, I can't say it because I have one right behind me, but um, yeah, thanks camera. How many people have um, the Amazon device? Because like I said, I have one right behind me, so I can't actually say it. But how many people have it? That's listening to us all the time. That has a camera on it too. So I'm just starting to realize we kind of live in this Orwellian state already. Yes, 1984, where they caught the people because yes there was a camera on the tv and 
it monitors everybody. They monitor everybody's homes. They monitor everything else. And this is what they're talking about. You have to have quote unquote transparencies. So they need to see everything that you're doing. No, no, we're not doing this. Mr. Schwab. We're just not evil 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 people because we know that they live by their own rules and make us live by different rules evil and i brought that up and i didn't mean to go into this entire rant i should have done this story first before the last story but it just didn't work out that way because this happened early last week after the debate nikki you guys know how I feel about Nikki Haley, right? Yeah. Nikki Haley says all social media users should be verified by their name to protect national security. Where have we heard national security used to take away our rights? Maybe the Patriot Act? Um, Klaus Schwab just said it. Nikki Haley seemingly agreeing with Klaus Schwab that we should be fully transparent. The thing about this whole thing is, is Thomas Paine wrote common sense at the start of the American revolution under a pseudonym. So did, um, who was it? Ben Franklin. So did other, um, early adopters to, um, the constitution. Um, actually, Libby wrote an awesome piece for human events a couple weeks ago when they doxed an Anna account, uh, a Twitter account. But for her, it's this is a day one priority to force this to happen. She says, she says when I get into, I'll just play it. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say accountability and they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids and it's going to help our country. It's such a violation of what our country is founded on. This is. Like we like the right has been attacked so much by cancel culture. And so basically, again, it goes into controlling what people say. Some people can't actually say what they think because they're afraid that they'll get fired from their jobs if they are truthful and honest, right? Thankfully, I do this. I don't have to worry about getting canceled because my organizations are free speech advocates. Um, so unless I really did something super egregious, then I, I, I'm not, I don't have any. But a lot of people do. Nikki Haley is and she did try to backtrack this because a lot of people were like again 
they are like she's trying to so this is actually the best thing about this so douglas mckay was doxxed and was sentenced to jail for making a meme um i think in the 2016 election he made a meme that it, it mocked and posted a joke about Twitter about, and it was at Hillary Clinton's expense where he actually said, go vote on this day. And I think it was a day after the election. Um, something like that. He was sentenced to seven months in prison. Haley would prosecute any dissenters, anybody who dared speak up against the establishment. That's what she leans on. Um, She does a great job and says the Federalist Papers were actually written to defend the new Constitution and encourages its ratification. It was written; they were written by Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, and James Madison, and they wrote under the pen name Publius because at that time, again, our founding is based on anonymity, like anon speech. Because there are some things when you're going up against a tyrannical government, you need to be anonymous sometimes. So like I said, they did this and actually, again, Thomas Paine and his publisher all of Common Sense were also anonymous when it was published because if they weren't, his publisher lived in, in England still. And so if they weren't, can you imagine how the king's wrath would have come down on them? It's so... It, it just pisses me off. And like I said, she's basically agreeing with that clip of Klaus Schwab. Like I said, she tried to pull this back and said, we just need to find, we need to uproot the, and not, the, the bots that she spoke of. But that's not what she said in that clip. Like she started to be like, no, I was just talking about the bots. I'm not talking about like every single user can't, you know, you can't have anonymous users on platforms. I was just talking about these bots and everything like that. No, 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 no. That's not what you said. You said. You used the example. Like if I'm talking to Nikki Haley right now, I'm saying you use the example that, you know, conversations around the dinner table will be a lot more pleasant you'll be a lot nicer online which here's the thing it is interesting when it is mostly anonymous accounts that attack your looks they attack all this stuff they attack you the most online they're the ones i don't take a lot of stock into anonymous accounts when they're attacking me but they have a right to be anonymous and troll anonymously like i i you know, people try to cancel you and dox you and all this stuff. Um, and I defend their right to be anonymous. I think Nikki Haley would be one of the worst people to ever gain the presidency if she won. She is my she is probably my last choice for president in this race. But now I'm MAGA, right? Because Donald Trump endorsed me. Donald Trump, shout out. Shout out to Trump. Thank you again. <laughs> but y'all, I just can't. This has been 
this has been a like I said, this was a long, crazy episode because there's a lot of crazy stuff happening. I I just can't. At this point, I mean, I'm learning Spanish. Y'all know I'm learning Spanish. So at this point, you know, Javier Malay's got this open border policy. So maybe I'll just go to Argentina. Actually, you know what? That's a good idea. Maybe I will start looking at how much property near the beach costs in Argentina. I'll still do the show from there and we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Y'all, I do want to say thank you again for joining tonight. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the super chats. Um, we're gonna make those count. We're gonna we're gonna start advertising on X because we believe that free speech should be free. Um, free speech is so important to just the survival of our species. <laughs> Like we can't, we can't go without it. Um, it's, it's, it's so important to freedom. So again, I, I, I really do. I thank you guys for joining me tonight. If you haven't yet, click that like and the subscribe button. If you're not already subscribed, definitely make sure to follow me across all social media platforms. If you're not following me on X, go do that too. That's mostly where I spend most. That's where I spend most of my time. You see me here once once a week, if not twice a week, if not a few times a week. But X is where I spend most of my time because I believe in free speech platforms. I also think that that's where most of the uh, common discourse is at. I appreciate everybody for joining. So again, go follow me across all social media platforms, and I will see you next time. Oh. Have a happy Thanksgiving. I forgot that that's this week. <laughs> Not doing anything, but have a happy Thanksgiving. See you next time.